Hi everyone, this is Danny. And this is Sharissa, ready to bring you Looking Up. Starting right after this song.
Good afternoon, everyone. You are listening to Looking Up today with Justin, Shell, and Sharissa. So we're missing Danny today. Yes, definitely missing him. There's a little cord missing here on your. And we are we are experiencing a new thing, but Justin, you'll hear him in just a moment. Here he is. There we go, testing, testing. Oh, he'll come in a minute. <laughs> in the meantime, we're so glad that you are joining us for this live broadcast coming to you from a beautiful sunny day here in Newcastle. Unfortunately, Danny, who would have loved to have been here with us, he is um, sadly conducting a funeral, I believe, in Melbourne. So uh, we will be missing him today, but... We are excited that Justin was able to join us for this uh, program because we're going to be looking at a wonderful Bible study in just a minute. He's shifting mics here in studio (laughs) so we can actually hear what he has to say. But uh, I'll let him tell you what he's going to be talking about in just a moment. I want to remind you that if you would like to catch up on any past episodes, Danny and I have been stepping through a series on Matthew chapter 24. And uh, <laughs> there's a lot of funny things happening here in this <laughs> studio. He's coming. Testing, right. testing. Oh, there you are. <laughs> All right. There we go. Hello, Justin. Oh, working mic. It's good to be with you. Uh, it's good to be with you here Some as well. big shoes to fill. Pastor Danny is not here today, but i um, no. happy to, to try to fill the, the bit of his shoes that I can yes. in our time together. So, Well, we very much appreciate that. And so, Justin, as we um, are going to be having a Bible study a little bit later, we're, we're going to take a break from the Matthew 24 series that we've been going through. And uh, I'll let you tell them what we're going to be talking about in just a moment. But the website is what I'd like to point everybody to. If you go to the website, you can uh, catch up on all the past episodes that we've been going through uh, there. If you click on the Looking Up tab, App. And actually, I'd encourage you, if you haven't already, download the app because that means you can listen to Faith FM uninterrupted so long as you have data anywhere in Australia. So that's something you should not only get yourself, but get your family and friends onto too. We have a number that is dedicated to today's live broadcast, 04888 And we would love to hear from you if you have any comments, questions for us as we go through our program today. On anything, um, Justin. Now that you're all mic'd, I believe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So now that you're mic'd, what are we going to be talking about in our Bible study today? In Real our quick. study, we are going to be taking a look at uh, the last part of the first angel's message of Revelation 14. Oh wow! So we have done a little bit of this before, but I think our listeners are going to get something new and special yep. from a deeper dive into this subject today. Well, sit back now as we listen to We Are Messengers and uh, as they bring us the image of God. I woke up with a broken heart in my chest. I couldn't sleep, couldn't get no rest. Weighed down by the heaviness of life. And I try to shake you flipping through my phone But all it does is make me feel more alone 
How could anything that feels so wrong be right? And seven billion voices separate us But only one can show us who we are We are made, made in the image of Made in the image of God of love we are made made in the image of made in the image of God that's where the light comes from yeah, yeah. we all need the same medicine we all need another second chance there's no first in line at the foot of the cross And give me eyes to see We're so much more than flesh and blood Cause we are Made in the image of Made in the image of God Yeah, yeah Cause we are made Made in the image of And we are made, made in the image of, made in the image of God. Cause that's where the light comes from, yeah. We are made in the image of God. What a wonderful truth and a beautiful reminder in song. You are listening to Looking Up. And as mentioned before in the introduction, we are missing Danny today, but we are joined by my husband, <laughs> Justin. <laughs> happy to be here. Yeah, so Justin, we are so happy that you're here. I'm really happy that you're here. And particularly because the last time that you were here was a little while ago. You mm. shared with our listeners a bit of... What happened in your life? Do you want to give us an update on how God's been leading in your Has life? Has it been since February? I think it might have been since March or yeah. February. I had a kite surfing crash, learning to kite surf, I should say. Uh, February 5, it enabled them in the hospital when they did scans to make sure I didn't break my spine. Um, it enabled them to discover 
unusually large lymph nodes, which ended up being cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, they call it a good cancer if there is such a thing, <laughs> but, <laughs> but in the sense that it responds really well to chemotherapy. And so after consulting some naturopathic doctor friends, um, unanimously, virtually, uh, the word was, you know, natural as well as chemotherapy is the best way to go for this type of cancer. And so I started that in March or May, May 18. And uh, two weeks after discovering my diagnosis uh, in April, we discovered that you were pregnant, Sharissa. <laughs> we did. So we were sick and sicker for a while, <laughs> that <laughs> first 12 weeks of your pregnancy and when I started chemotherapy. But God carried us through. And uh, July 4, which as an American, that's our Independence Day. Um, I had a PET scan and was very excited to have the news that I was independent from cancer. The cancer, there were no signs of the cancer left. Oh, we both had smiles on our face that you couldn't wipe off that day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So grateful to God. I did have a follow-up PET scan about two weeks ago, and it is still gone. There's no signs of it. And um, keep me in prayer, though, because the chance of relapse is highest within, you know, the first two, three years after chemotherapy. But... Yeah, the doctor is very positive about, uh, yeah, my current situation. My energy levels are back. My hair is growing again. It's a lot grayer, but hey, I don't mind. <laughs> it's true. I tell people it's a little bit like Samson. I feel like his strength <laughs> is returning with his returning hair, even though it is going to be gray and curly. But um, we talked to an elderly lady at our church, and she said, oh, everybody's going to be jealous. <laughs> so, <laughs> Everybody over the age of 60. <laughs> <laughs> no, praise the Lord. Well, we're so happy to hear that update, and uh, I hope that it's an encouragement to our listeners too, that God is able to answer our prayers. Mm, absolutely. And he's, he's so good. Well, we always spend this part of our program uh, talking about current events in light of their significance in what the Bible says will be happening before Jesus comes again. And uh, Justin, is there anything that you'd like to bring up for our mm. listeners today? There's so much we never run out of things to talk about. Yeah, well, over in the U.S., in the state of Florida, there is a hurricane heading there. News update as of 19 hours ago, Hurricane Ian is forecast to hit Florida after making landfall in Cuba, forcing 50,000 people to be evacuated. So this is huge. And of course, we're having a, a La Nina year here, which means unusually wet weather for the third year in a row here in Australia in the Southern Hemisphere. And there in the Northern Hemisphere, it's it's uh, El Nino, which is the opposite, unusually dry. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they have drought in California and Texas and such. And so the hurricanes, of course, are playing into this this weather pattern. And, you know, Florida seems to get hit almost every year with hurricanes, but this one looks especially bad. So let's keep the people in in Cuba as well as Florida and everywhere else where Hurricane Ian has gone through or is going through. Let's keep them in prayer as yeah. uh, as this is heading their way. Yeah, absolutely. I was reading a bit about um, how Hurricane Ian had affected Cuba, and apparently, according to Reuters News Network, Cuba is entirely without power right now wow. after the hurricane hit. So, yeah, mm. it's a big storm that's coming. Um, not only that, there's been a typhoon that's made landfall in Vietnam, and hundreds of thousands there have been evacuated as well. There seems to be a lot of angry weather around um, mm. the world. There's also, I know, there's forecasts of significant rainfall here on the east coast of Australia, and there have been yeah, flood warnings in the last few weeks. Flood warnings everywhere. Yeah. I guess someone might be listening and saying, so how is this significant in terms of the coming of Jesus? Like, what, mm. what's this telling us? Well, you and Pastor Dan have been going through Matthew 24, 
And uh, right there in that chapter, it tells us the signs of Jesus' return. Jesus himself tells us, you know, the signs that are going to increase in frequency and intensity before he returns. And, um, you know, among them are deception, like false Christs and false prophets. Um, So increased deceptions in the religious world. Uh, We see calamities in the political world, wars and rumors of wars, nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And uh, there again, uh, there in in verse 7, after it says that about, you know, the political world, it says, and there will be famines and pestilences, that's strange diseases, earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginnings of birth pains, is the word there, literally, Hmm. um, in Greek. And so, yeah, you, Jesus tells us that, and have there been earthquakes, have there been hurricanes, have there been typhoons and, you know, all of these things down through time? Yeah, there have been ever since Jesus spoke these words and even before. But he tells us that they'll increase in frequency and intensity the closer we get to his return. True, and we're certainly seeing an increase in the convergence of all of these signs at once. Another thing that's happening is um, the economic wealth. I, I'm not very much. I'm not a very knowledgeable person on on the economy, but I've been reading a few headlines <laughs> that indicate to me that uh, we're entering into some worrisome times. Mm. There's uh, obviously fears that a global recession is increasingly yeah. likely right now. And I think we're, we're facing something like that here in Australia. And Isn't it our third month in a row of recession? Our third, third quarter. Third quarter. Third quarter go. going into recession. And tonight at midnight, petrol's going to jump, according to what we're seeing in the news. Fill up now, folks. <laughs> Fill up now, yeah, definitely. Because at midnight tonight, it's going up by 25 cents um, a litre, which is pretty yeah. – it's going to really affect everybody's budgets and pockets. So this is also a sign of the times as well. And I guess, um, you know, Jesus said, in, and he said this to us, he said that we should lay up for ourselves not treasures on earth, <laughs> where petrol prices and global recessions can eat away and take away your wealth. Mm-hmm. We should lay out for ourselves treasures in a place where they can never be destroyed. And treasures that, in heaven. Treasures in heaven. So how do we do that? Mm, yeah, well, uh, it's it's significant to note that the Apostle Paul, I think it's in Philippians 4 verse 1, if memory serves me right, he says something really powerful to the people in Philippi, the believers who he had led to Jesus to accept Christ as their Savior. He says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and my crown, stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Mm. So he calls those who he's led to Christ his joy and his crown, So the jewels, the gems, the treasures in heaven are not the gold and the gems. I mean, God can create those in an instant. He can speak those into existence. Those aren't a big deal. But what he can't just speak into existence is a person choosing to serve him and to follow him. He honors our freedom of choice. And so the treasure in heaven is the money and the time and the energy that we invest in leading people to accept Christ as their Savior and to be saved eternally in his kingdom. And so that's really what the treasure is. And then Jesus says in the next verse there in Matthew 6, I think this is verses 19 to 21. He says there in verse 21, I believe it is, and where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If we're investing our time, our money, our energies into leading people to Christ, then our hearts are going to be in heaven with the Lord because that's what matters most to him as well. Amen. Uh, that's absolutely that's absolutely right. Thank you for answering that. I would also like to um, just highlight, you know, <laughs> there's never a shortage too of how we're seeing our society. 
I guess, fall apart and on a moral level. And uh, there was a story that was also in the headlines uh, in the news today. An ex-Matilda star, she was the victim of an attempted carjacking during a radio interview. Wow. This is amazing. A former Matilda's player was a victim of a frightening carjacking. She was live on air at the time, and then a group of... Um, Thugs, the article calls it, came up and wanted to uh, hijack her car. She began to shout and scream. And uh, they, thankfully... Was they, that the audio clip you were playing earlier? I was listening to it before. It's quite uh, disturbing. Yeah, the guy that was interviewing her, she was just like squealing, screaming. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not sure what's going on right now. Yeah. but And this happened at like 10.20 on Tuesday night up in Queensland, up in Brisbane. She's just sitting in her parked vehicle, you know, doing a live radio interview. And then five men pulled up, approached her car, and one of them had a knife. And anyway, wow. <laughs> so I was just telling you, like, the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, you know, so it will be also in the days when the Son of Man comes. In the days of Noah, we go to the book of Genesis, we see that men's hearts were only, they were thoughts were only evil continually. I think, too, of this other text here in Second Timothy chapter 3, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despises the good, sounds like I'm reading from the newspaper, describing it anyway, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Uh, we are living in times that are just mm. described right here in yeah. the Bible. And actually, Justin, there is a question we've had come in from a listener, and we love having questions come from you who join us week by week. Again, if you have a question that you'd like to share with us, please don't hesitate to text it through 04-888-17624. But here's the question. It's come from Bruce. It says, if we are only just now seeing the precursors to the return of Christ, would the right conclusion of Bible scholars over the last 2,000 years had to have been that the conditions for his return have not been met? Mm, yeah, great question, Bruce. Um, so over the last 2,000 years, um, we see that there have been these signs that Jesus told us from Matthew 24. But there, if you look at the history of, I mean, if you look at the number of earthquakes over a 5.0 magnitude over the last 300 years or even the last 1,000 years, there's a drastic uptick, like a sharp increase. It's a J-curve. And it's not only earthquakes, but these other signs that Jesus mentioned as well. And so it's not that they haven't been and we're only now seeing these signs actually happening. We're seeing them intensify and become more frequent than ever before. Um, but there are certain things that, uh, you know, Pastor Danny and Sharissa have looked at and studied through, I think, over the last number of weeks. Um, prophecies in the Bible that God said would take place before Jesus' return. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of those are, you know, the mark of the beast crisis, where all the worlds will be virtually polarized against God. And, uh, you know, God will have a people who say, no, we're going to stand uh, with the Lord and uh, walk in His ways. Uh, that's one of them. You know, we also see that the Bible's longest time prophecy, 2,300 years, that uh, that was fulfilled it started in 457 BC, ended in the year 1844. And so 
Yeah, that longest time prophecy in the Bible had to be completed before Jesus could return. But the study of that prophecy didn't really take off until after 1798, between 1798 and 1844, and there were so many people studying that. Um, but essentially, yeah, there are certain things that God said would happen, mm-hmm. and He told us about as way markers to know how close we are to His return. That's good to know. And, uh, and we're near the end of them. We... That's also good to know, too, because the next great event will be the coming of Jesus. And that's something that I can't wait (laughs) Mm. because this world is really getting darker and and just more and more painful with each passing day. Justin, um, in the time that remains, there was another thing that happened. Yeah. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. So we're Optus customers, unfortunately, right now, (laughs) because Optus, of course, as you probably heard, was hacked. They had a data breach. And yeah, like thousands, I think hundreds of thousands, or I guess it would be tens of thousands of people's private information has been stolen by these hackers. They have, uh, yeah, they have said, look, we're holding it ransom for a million (laughs) dollars. And I'm thinking only a million dollars? Like this is (laughs) 2022, you know, like one million US dollars. What are you going to do? Like buy a house with it here in Australia. (laughs) That's about all you can get. But um, anyhow, uh, now, you know, the, the government is saying, look, in certain areas like West Australia, look, we'll give you new driver's licenses. Um, yeah, they're being issued new driver's licenses in West Australia. Uh, various, you know, passport numbers and all of this data, Medicare numbers and these things, yeah. a lot of them are being issued to people because of their compromise. And I got a text earlier today. I'm not sure if it was legitimately from so like one of the special people. I might be because, you know, they sent a link, a dodgy link and then a legitimate phone number because I called the number and it was legitimately the Department of Home Affairs. But the link looks sus. So yeah, there's a know. lot of sus things going on right now. But isn't that incredible? Like we live in a time when there is cyber war. Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And actually, I did have one other thing to say, but I'll have to tell everyone after we come back because we're coming to a song we're gonna hear listen to the song now i know whom i have believed and when we come back we'll have more good things for you and an exciting bible study just after the news break as well i know not why god's wondrous grace to me Nor why unworthy Christ in love redeemed me for his own. But I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day.
everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Faith looks up, sorry looks back, worry looks around. Well, everyone, you are still with us here on Looking Up, and we have just completed our new segment, but I did want to slip one extra little thing in there, and that is we're living in an amazing time because we had NASA do something amazing this week. If you haven't already heard, NASA smashed a pricey spaceship into an asteroid. Mm. and it, wow. <laughs> um, It's part of a program called DART. It was a DART test. Double asteroid redirection test, and uh, yeah, the whole purpose—it wasn't an—it wasn't an accident that they collided. It was deliberately aimed at an asteroid in the hopes that uh, they can potentially have the ability to protect planet Earth from an asteroid in the future that could be on its way to cause significant damage to this planet, which is, you know, an amazing thing. According to science and NASA, they say we are embarking on a new era for humankind. And, uh, yeah, I just think that's amazing, the technology that mm, exists yeah. today, not only to uh, hack <laughs> thousands, maybe millions. <laughs> and of, demand uh, one million U.S. dollars. Yes, uh, <laughs> with the Optus hack, but also that we're living in a time when you can direct spaceships and rockets into... Um, Potentially dangerous asteroids. Potentially dangerous asteroids. So, a lot of money that would have gone into that rocket. Yes. You know? Knowledge has definitely increased. And yeah. we are just living in an amazingly advanced time in science. Well, Justin, uh, we should just remind our listeners, we have a free gift. It's a special giveaway that's coming up. And it is a magazine called... A Day to Remember, it's a Signs of the Time special. And we, I understand, are going to have, I believe, seven copies of this fantastic uh, magazine available for the first seven people to contact us. They have to text in the code word. We're going to give the code word out maybe a little bit later in the program Mm -hmm. because uh, when you hear it, you'll be... Wondering if you heard it. Um, <laughs> but today you're going to learn a new word. So that's exciting too. So stay tuned. You have a wonderful uh, magazine to be in the runnings for a day to remember. It's all about uh, the, this wonderful gift, which we're about to embark on a Bible study on together. So maybe I can uh, hand over to you, Jess, and we can open with prayer. Did you want me to open You for go us? ahead and pray for us as we start. All yeah. right, let's pray. Our loving Father in heaven, We're so thankful, Lord, that we can be together with our listeners for another live Bible study. And we just ask for the Holy Spirit to help us to understand your word and to teach us something new that our love for you may deepen. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm, Amen. Well, you know, I'm happy to be here with you and putting a pause on your uh, weekly Matthew 24 study. But uh, some months back, you and Pastor Danny were going through the three angels' messages of Revelation chapter 14. We're going to look at just the second half, the last part of the first angel's message um, together today. So it may be review for some, but I think even if you heard all in that Bible study series, this will be you know filled with some things that are new to you as well. So would you read for us, Sharissa, just refresh our minds, what is the first angel's message? Revelation 14 verses 6 and 7. 
Sure. Bible says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and springs of water. Mm, all right. So... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm really glad that you're doing this for our listeners too because it's, it's good to go over this stuff. Definitely. Absolutely. Now, that term, everlasting gospel, the first angel is flying in the midst of the sky. And angel, the word angel in Greek is angelos, which uh, means messenger. And so this angel is, um, is symbolic of God's people who will be proclaiming this message at mm-hmm. the end of time. And um, it says the everlasting gospel there. Um, you know what gospel means, right? Uh, good news. Yeah, that's right. So what happens to news by its very nature? It gets old. Yeah, that's right. And what do we call old news? History. Yeah, that's right. We call old news history. So how is it that the, the gospel here is called the everlasting good news? The everlasting gospel. How can it be everlastingly new? You might have to help me with this. <laughs> I haven't thought about it from this angle. <laughs> yeah, well, a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, you know, uh, the Bible calls Jesus the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, right? And so there's that sense of it. The plan of salvation has, has always been um, there as a, a, a plan, if necessary, for God to implement. But um, one reason I'd like to suggest that the, the gospel is everlasting is because it is constantly new, in the sense that God is continuing to work in our lives and we continue to experience His grace and His transformation. Ah, that makes sense. And so as we're living in connection with Him, His gospel continues to create new life in us. Yes. And in that way, it's everlasting. That's such a good point. And I guess too, because like it will always be good news. Like it will never be bad news. Mm, absolutely. So yeah. Could that be another way? Definitely. And uh, we can hear as well about what God is doing in the lives of others. Now, this phrase, everlasting gospel, um, there was a guy named Ronald Knox. He was a, I don't remember if he was a bishop or a cardinal or just a priest in the Catholic Church, but he wrote a Bible translation in modern English in the 1950s. And very interestingly, he said this in his footnote in that Bible on Revelation 14, 6, this phrase, everlasting gospel. He says, final, literally, eternal It is not clear why the gospel preached by the angel is so described, but the context suggests that it is the last call to repentance which will be offered to men this side of eternity. Wow. So, and and he's right on, actually. The word there is eternal gospel, or, and he says final is another way of translating it because this is God's final call to humanity. And I guess that's why we love talking about this subject on this program because we're talking about why we need to be looking up to heaven. In this time in Earth's history. Absolutely. And this is a message for us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this message is so important that God describes it, or John describes it, and, and God gave John this vision of the angel flying in the midst of heaven, and um, it was not just whispered. It said, fl- saying, with a loud voice. Yes. Um, now, there is a really interesting Greek phrase, loud voice. But, uh, Sharissa, first of all, you bought something when you were studying teaching that (laughs) you hold in your hands that you thought ah you know what with my quiet voice this would be helpful yeah well thank you for uh bringing this up um, (laughs) on radio um so when i was uh 
uh, before I'm currently, what I'm currently doing, I actually studied once upon a time to be a high school teacher. And I did a prac, you know, some prac experience in some public schools out in Sydney. And when I did, I quickly discovered that my voice was not very loud and that classroom control was going to be quite a challenge <laughs> if I could not be heard. And so I actually went and I found a megaphone, <laughs> which I thought I could use in the classroom. It has batteries. You can turn up the volume. It even has a siren that you can, you know, <laughs> set off to get everyone's attention. And, uh, yeah, that was one of the things that I thought would really help me in, in being a high school teacher. And <laughs> those of you who are listening, you probably know that would probably be not a good thing to do <laughs> to get the respect of your class. <laughs> there would probably have been teasing you for <laughs> forever <laughs> but yeah. but that megaphone would have enabled your voice to be heard that's right you know that was the point yeah. yeah absolutely the reason i'm bringing it up is that word that's translated or those words that are translated with a loud voice is greek the greek words megale phone oh, yeah it's good. like megaphone virtually mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so yeah god is saying that his message is going to go out loud and clear at the end of time that is the first angel's message will be proclaimed like a megaphone. And it's pretty powerful because it means that to every true follower of Christ, he wants us to be his messengers and he wants us to be his megaphone mm. to proclaim the everlasting gospel to the world. The message says, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. And uh, sure, so what does the last part say that we're going to be focusing on together today? The last part of verse 7 says, And worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Mm. Worship him who what? Made. Yeah, worship him who made or who created. This message calls us to remember that God is our creator. Mm. We didn't evolve from, from primordial soup or sludge of some kind, but we were created in the image of a loving God. Wow. And that's a very foundational thought that helps add meaning and purpose and direction to so many questions that we might face in this life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, uh, sin has caused brokenness and disconnection between us and God, disconnection between us and each other, pain, misery, and suffering in this life. But nonetheless, God's desire through Jesus and through Calvary is to restore the image of God in us mm. and that we may reflect his character once again. Mm -hmm. Genesis 1.1, the fact that God is the creator is so important that it starts with these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah, in the beginning, God created. So the first thing that we learn about God in the Bible is that he's the creator. Yes. It's a foundational, foundational truth. Very, very important. So if you look at a copy of the Greek New Testament, um, I've got one at home that I used when I studied Greek back in uni. And uh, if you look at the footnote to Revelation 14, verse 7, by the way, this Greek New Testament was published by people who um, do not even, the majority of them, believe that the Bible is inspired by God. They just treat it like a, a textual document, right? But if you look at the footnote of Revelation 14, 7. Is what, it in Greek? It is in Greek, and it's all Greek to me. <laughs> but I can still read bits of it. I, I remember certain words, you know, but uh, I can't just read it like I read English. I actually never got to that point, but I can't read it. And if you forced me to translate it, I could, I could, yeah, get maybe 50% of it right <laughs> off the That's pad. Good. But yeah, anyways, but verse 7, it says at the end there, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the seas, and the springs of living water. Mm -hmm. If you go down to the footnote, 
it points you back to an Old Testament. Keep in mind, these people are just looking at the The text. text. That's right. Um, It points you back to Exodus 20, verse 11. Now, why is that significant? If we go to Exodus 20, 11, we will see. It's the fourth (laughs) commandment. God has already said in verses 8 and 9, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And in verse 11, it says... For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. All right. So if you put those side by side, you've got Revelation 14.7. It says, Worship him who made heaven, earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Mm-hmm. Exodus 20, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that in them is. The springs are missing. That's right. So that's the only thing really that's different. Um, and so all the other oh, points are there. So it's like a copy and paste job from the Old Testament, from the Sabbath commandment. And how amazing that the Greek New Testament, uh, published by primarily, you know, um, people that are just treating it like a textual document, they recognize this connection. They're the ones that say, hey, this is a direct reference back to the Sabbath commandment. Amazing. So we're going to come back to a little bit later. Why? What, what is the springs of water? Why doesn't it say in all that in them is, just like the Sabbath commandment? And uh, there's a reason, because God has a reason for the things that are in his word. So in other words, the first angel's message points us back to God as our creator. Mm-hmm. Worship him who created the one who made everything. That's his domain, the heaven, the earth, the seat, and all that is in them, the springs of water. And um, Dr. Alan Lindsay, who is uh, a dear friend of ours and, and mentor, um, said it this way, and he said it well. He said, you cannot call the world to worship the creator without remembering the day that the creator gave to the world to remind them that he is our creator. Mm. So to try to leave out the the Sabbath, the day that God gave us to remind us that he's the creator, when we're calling the world to worship the creator, it's missing the most key component, really. So it makes the most sense to think that the first, or to see that the Sabbath, um, that day that God gave to remember creation is in the first angel's message. That's right. Absolutely. And um, it's it's a beautiful reminder, as as we're going to see in a little bit, that uh, the Sabbath is, God's seventh-day Sabbath is, Opposite to being a um, a legalistic thing, it's actually a sign of the opposite. It's a reminder that God is the one who sanctifies us. And we're going to see that in a few verses later on. God says it's to be a reminder that he's the one who has saved us. He's the one that sets us apart. We're saved by grace through faith in Christ, not of works lest anyone should boast. And that's what the yeah. Sabbath is a weekly reminder of, that he has saved us and that we are in a saving relationship with him. Well, we've got just uh, a few seconds left before we go to a song it break. Quickly here, doesn't it, it does. It flies you just by. Just get into it, and then you, you have time to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, before we jump into the last, the, the next few points, it's a good time for a break. So maybe we'll leave it hanging there for all just right, a few all minutes. All right, all right. Well, we will go to a beautiful song now by Jeff Johnson, "The Heart of Worship," appropriate as we reflect on the gift of the Sabbath brings us to God. When the music fades all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that 
Beautiful song there by Jeff Johnson, Heart of Worship, a reminder that worship is all about Jesus. Well, we're so glad that you are still with us here on the Looking Up program. We are going, we are going through a Bible study here on the first angel's message and just the significance of the last part of that first angel's message we're unpacking together. It's been exciting. Before we continue, a reminder that there is a giveaway today for the first seven people who will connect with us. We will be giving out the code word in this break. I believe in this not this is not a break. In this <laughs> segment. Segment. That's right. It's not a break. And uh you will want to be listening. The number to keep by you is zero four triple eight one seven six two four. Have that number ready. I would save it to your phone under the name looking up so that whenever we have giveaways you can be in the running for them. But uh Justin 
has a little update for us as well. Yeah, we have a caller who is going to be joining us named Jocelyn. And uh, Jocelyn is going to be sharing with us, um, yeah, her story, her testimony. Jocelyn, we're so glad to have you with us. Amen. It's lovely to be with you. Um, that's my favorite um, session of yours, looking up. I love it, yes. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Good to hear now, your voice. I have been a, a Sunday worshiper all my life, brought up uh, as a Catholic. I got born again in the Catholic Church 50 years ago. Mm. Then I've been all different Medicostal churches and you name it since then. But I did find out from listening to your station that Sunday was the wrong day. So it took me a while. I didn't leave overnight. I had to try out to get a stage up here and talk to people and play about it. I last made the break about three weeks ago. Mm. Missed Sunday church three days and I've been doing the Sabbath. Having a wonderful time in the Lord doing the Sabbath. Yes. Oh, praise, praise God, God, sister. That's wow. Exciting. Praise the so Lord. You've, you've... I've been attacked from the old devil when I first started. And at the same time, the, the Lord came in opening doors for me with other wow. people. Mm. With few Christians I've lost contact with over the years. And they're all coming in and reading and inviting me out, etc. Wow. Yeah, how, about, how about that? Praise God, Jocelyn. This is wonderful to hear. Wait, now, where are you? Where are you calling us from? Yeah, look for people to witness to on Sunday morning. What we saying? Where are you calling us from? Where do you live? Calandra, Queensland. Calandra, Queensland. Fantastic. Sunshine Coast. Wow. Beautiful. What I love your station. I've been listening to it. All day for so long. <laughs> Amen. I've got my, I've got my nephew in Sydney, he's on to it too. Oh, yes. wonderful. Ah, praise God. We hope. My family down there about the Seventh Day, and the, uh, about the Ten Commandments and everything, and people in my building, I'm talking to them as well. Wow. That is yes, fantastic. I, I'm, I'm very blessed. Thank you. Oh, well, yeah. we're blessed to, to hear your testimony today, Jocelyn. And God Absolutely. bless you for, for praying about and wrestling with and then walking in God's truth as, as He brought new truths to light in your, in your mind and in your life. And uh, we'd like to say a special prayer for you, yeah. um, Sharissa, if you pray for prayer. Jocelyn and her family. Oh, Lord, we're so thrilled to hear the wonderful testimony from Jocelyn, how you've been working in her heart and in her life and led her to the Sabbath truth. We pray, Lord, that you continue to bless her as she follows Jesus. And we pray, too, for her family and friends as she shares this wonderful discovery with them that they too will come to experience the blessing that lies in your seventh-day Sabbath. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you, Jocelyn. Yeah, that was special. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. I don't think that's <laughs> happened actually during a broadcast before. On this, wow. That was the first time, so that was really special. Wow. A live testimony. Yes, praise God. <laughs> Beautiful. And uh, you had another person contact us uh, during the that's last That's right, time. yeah. Our friend John Duncan, he was actually um, told us that he's listening at the moment. And uh, hey, John, glad that you've tuned in and hope and pray that you are blessed. And where's John listening from? Um. Yeah, somewhere. (laughs) Somewhere in the world. Well, John, good to have you joining us. And uh, yeah, it's so exciting. If you have a comment, maybe you have a testimony on how you've discovered uh, some wonderful truth about the Sabbath, then please text us on 048 We'd love to hear from you. 
Yes. All right. Five quick points on our in our the rest of our study together, and the first two are just we're gonna fly through them. The first point is the Sabbath is the foundation of all true worship. Mm. Now, how how is it connected to the foundation of all true worship? Well, Revelation four verse eleven says this, Sharissa. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. All right, so these these beings in heaven, they sing God's praises, and they say he's worthy to receive glory and honor and power. Why? Because he created everything. Yeah. And by his will, they exist and were created. So the foundation of why God is worthy of our worship is because he made us. Amen. He's our creator. And um, yeah, that's the foundation of true worship. Now, what's the purpose of the Sabbath? It's a reminder that God is our creator. Mm-hmm. And so the Sabbath is connected to the very foundation of worship. And that is that God is our creator. And that gives you purpose and ah, meaning. Like absolutely. You, you're not here by an accident. Your life has purpose and meaning. You were brought into existence because you were loved. That's right. Absolutely. And really, life's greatest satisfaction is to be desired, accepted, and to know that someone takes pleasure in us. Mm. And that someone is God. Mm. Yeah. That's what Scripture tells us. The Sabbath reminds us of the one who provided all the good things of life for us. All right, so that's point number one, that the Sabbath is the, is the foundation of all true worship. It's, the connected, it's connected to the foundation of all true worship. And the okay. foundation of all true worship is that God is our creator. Mm-hmm. Point number two is that the Sabbath is a memorial of salvation by grace through faith. We talked a bit about this earlier, but Sharissa, would you read Ezekiel 20, verse 12 for us, please? Sure. Moreover, the Bible says, I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me, God speaking, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Yeah. And as I was reading in my devotions this morning, Exodus chapter 31, he says the same. Uh, he says, surely my Sabbaths, this is Exodus 31, uh, verse 13, surely my Sabbaths you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Mm. So the Sabbath, far from being something legalistic, is actually all about salvation by grace through faith in Christ. Mm. It's the opposite. It's a reminder that He has saved us. Wow. And you know, creation is actually, uh, or salvation rather, is actually a creative act. Psalm 5110. You remember what that says? I think you have it memorized. I know a song about David, that. yeah, Created David. Created me prays. a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's right. David says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Um, beautiful. And so salvation is actually an act of creation where God is creating True. in us a new heart. I hadn't thought about that, actually. It's yeah. a powerful thought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the beautiful reality that Christ has given his life for us. He died on Calvary's cross so that the death penalty of sin, we might escape, that we could be given the beautiful gift of eternal life. I remember seeing a meme on, on social media, I think it was Facebook, and it was a picture of planet Earth, and the, the sign, the, the wording on the picture said, if God can do this in six days, think of what He can do with your life. Mm, <laughs> he can recreate us, like you said. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so we've seen that the Sabbath is connected to the foundation of all true worship. It is a memorial of salvation by grace through faith. Third of all, it is woven into the fabric of God's creatures. The Sabbath is actually woven into the fabric of God's creatures. What do I mean? Well, this is where we find our key word of the day for our giveaway. All right, everybody. This is, we're all learning together here. 
The word is septin. Now, how do you spell that? S E P T A N. All right. So this little test two is really listening. If you have heard the code word, the number to text is zero four triple eight one seven six two four. Text the word septin. S E P T A N. That's right. Now, what in the world is、yeah. Septon? Well, and there's a giveaway just for the first seven people to text us that word. So, <laughs> please. Yeah. Please. So, <laughs> what in the world is Septon? What does it mean?、Um, well, that is a great well, question. And just a reminder on the spelling: S E P T A N. Yeah, N as in Nancy. Yeah, S E P T A N. <laughs> Very good. So, Sharissa, question for you. Here's some、uh, science questions. How many days are there in a year? Three sixty-five. And a quarter. And a quarter.、Right? Okay. That's why we have、yes. leap, leap year the next day. Yeah, but you're right. Three、yeah, sixty-five.、Yeah. Now, why are there three hundred sixty-five and a quarter days in a year? What happens? Because the Earth goes around the sun. That's right. One orbit completely Complete around the trip sun. Trip around the sun. Okay. So, how many hours are there in a day? Twenty-four. Yes. Why?、Uh, because it takes the Earth's rotation, like com- to complete a rotation. Yeah, twenty-four hours to complete a rotation on our axis.、Okay. Our axis.、Um, how many seasons are there in a year? Four. Yeah, unless you're near the equator, then it's kind of like rainy and dry seasons. It's、uh, based on our placement on the axis as we go around the sun. Yeah, because of the tilt of the Earth. Yeah,、yes. so that's right. We're closer and further away for you know parts of the year. That's right.、Um, now, I love how many <laughs> how many days are there in a week? Seven. What? Why? What scientific explanation is there for why there are seven days in a week? It's nothing to do with the moon, is it? Nope. It's just because God said it. Yeah, there is no like reason in astronomy of why there should be seven days in a week. Isn't that amazing. Yeah, unlike the length of a year, a day, a month, the reason for the seasons, there's nothing in astronomy that explains why humanity has a seven-day week, and this baffles scientists.、Hmm. Um, the only logical explanation is that God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. He established. A seven-day week, and while nothing in astronomy can explain the seven-day week, science does show us that a seven-day cycle has been built into God's creatures. These are called circa-septin cycles,、um, which means cycles of seven.、Mm. Um, blue-green algae, plants, insects, animals, even bacteria all have a seven-week cycle. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> in the human body, seven-day cycles have been found in fluctuations in blood pressure. In acid content in the blood,、huh. in red blood cells, in the heartbeat, in oral temperature, in urine chemistry, and even in brain functionality. You know when, by the way, the、um, the human brain is at its peak of mental performance naturally.、Uh, it's got something to do with seven. I know that Friday night. So Isn't that amazing? Yeah. They discovered it about I think it was about twelve years ago. I learned about it about ten years ago. Eleven、um, years ago or so. So Friday night, the beginning of the Sabbath, is actually when the human mind is is at its peak naturally. You may peak at other times during the week because of your tendencies of study or whatever. But that explains a lot. Naturally, <laughs> <laughs> naturally, that's you know that's the case. And、um, if you're interested in more on this, like there is a a really cool article series.、Um, On a website called SabbathSentinel.org by a guy named Kenneth Westby, 
And um, yeah, it's multi-parts. It was actually a, a republish. It's Throwback Thursdays on the website. But yeah, it's a republish of a July-August 2004 edition of the Sabbath Sentinel. And he brings out some really cool things. Listen to what he has to say. By surprise, science has discovered amazing seven-day cycles in the very building blocks of plant and animal life. These newly found sevens, or septins, also lie buried in us as humans, deep in our metabolic, hormonal, and neuronal networks. And so, really incredible. Um, this is actually, you know, the cycle of sevens is built into God's creatures and the rhythm of living things. And so, it's completely independent from environmental cycles of the sun, the moon, and the stars, unlike all of the other things that we have based on time in our world. That's amazing. That's a fascinating science there, and I look forward to hearing a little bit more on that. We've had one person claim the prize. Congrats, Margie. All right, well done. Uh, she has uh, got the book, but um, just a reminder, if you want to be in the running, text the word SEPTAN, S-E-P-T-A-N, to our number 04-888-17624, and you will be receiving a beautiful magazine called A Day to Remember. It's a Signs of the Times special edition. We're going to listen now to Carly Fletcher as she brings us a beautiful song, Come and Worship. The Lord who made heaven and earth The sea and the springs of water For He is the one who created all things And calls us to rest from our labor Each Sabbath He calls us aside to come rest in Him and abide It's time to come back to our Maker To remember our God and Creator Come worship the Lord who made heaven and earth The sea and the springs of His sons and His daughters For He is the one who became one of us To die in our place for our sin Each Sabbath He calls us aside To come rest in Him and Oh 
Come and worship. Absolutely. Straight out of the Bible, that Mm. one. Revelation 4.11. The reason why we worship is because he made us. That's right. We worship him. Amen. Well, you're listening to Looking Up with uh, Justin and Sharissa and Shell, who is keeping us (laughs) heard here. And uh, we're missing Danny, but we're having a wonderful Bible study here on the Sabbath. And just a reminder, I'm looking here and I can see there are... Giveaways being claimed as we speak. We still have a few left. The word, the code word for today is septon. How do you spell that? S-E-P-T-A-N. That's right. Text those letters <laughs> to the number zero four triple eight one seven six two four. There's just a few more copies left, and you will receive a beautiful copy of a magazine on today's very subject, A Day to Remember. It's a Science of the Times special edition. So, yeah, get get into that as soon as you can. Fantastic. So, Sharissa, we were looking at how there's no, you know, there's 365 days in a year because we orbit around the sun. Mm-hmm. The months are governed by the, the moon cycles, um, 24 hours in a day because the Earth rotates on its axis. But there's no explanation in science and in nature for a seven-day week. Mm-hmm. The only explanation is that God created us in six days and rested on the seventh. He established the seven-day week. Um, we've seen just now that uh, there are these circa septin or cycles of seven in God's creatures yeah, and in amazing. the human body as well. And you actually have a story on this, I don't did, you? I did. As uh, we were talking in the break, something came to mind. I have a friend. She now lives in South Australia. And I know we have listeners out there, so good to have you. But uh, she, when she first heard about the seventh-day Sabbath, she wasn't really convinced on it and took a little bit of convincing. But God got her attention through, and I quote her, a Sabbath-keeping spider. (laughs) She had this spider that seemed to weave an elaborate web right across her path as she left her home. Uh, you know, just leaving every single day, front. Yeah. every day, every morning, she'd be walking through this cobweb. But every Sabbath morning, every Saturday, when she walked out, there was no web. <laughs> <laughs> but Sunday came and it was back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the web was back. But every Sabbath, this spider just refused to, to weave its web. And uh, she called her mom 
And she said, Mom, I have a Sabbath-keeping spider. <laughs> God got her attention, and she's now, she loves the Sabbath today. She's uh, enjoying God's blessing, worshiping Him on that day. That's fantastic. And, you know, as we look at history, we see that there were, and we're going to talk about just briefly two examples of when people said, look, there's no explanation for the seven-day week except in the Bible. We hate the Bible. We want to do away with it. We want no mention of God in our society. And so they changed the week. The first example was from the French Revolution. Mm. That bloody French Revolution that was an atheistic reaction to the atrocities of the papacy during the Dark Ages. Mm. And um, they actually knew, as mentioned, that the seven-day week was in the Bible. And they had burned Bibles in the streets, literally. So in the year 1783, in rebellion against anything that had to do with God... They abandoned the seven-day week and went to a decimal system of 10. Okay. So 10 days in a week. And you know what happened? What happened? Many animals died. More people than normal were becoming sick. Uh, suicide rates rose. And 12 years later, in 1795, they switched back because it had been so disastrous overall. Wow. Yeah, someone once said, if you go against the grain of the universe, you get splinters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, another another example of someone who got splinters, you could say, was Joseph Stalin mm -hmm. and the uh, the Soviet Union. He did the same thing, or similar. He tried to de-Christianize the people of Russia and the Soviet Union. So he he implemented a six day week, so okay. five days of work and one day off. But it wasn't just the same day for everybody. Like twenty percent of the population would rotate on who got a day off. And so, yeah, different groups would alternate and take, you know, different days of the week off. And supposedly this was going to increase production. So it lasted from 1929 to 1940. And after 11 years, Stalin called it quits because production consistently declined every single year. <laughs> and, you know, it turns out that the best length for a week is seven days. Yeah, I know they were talking, there was talk not that long ago here in Australia about having a four-day working week and a three-day weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that probably wouldn't affect much. It would decrease productivity there. Yeah, but it would still be seven days That's in the true. week on the on the calendar. Yeah, how many days you work or not, I guess is yeah, a bit different. But yeah, seven days. It turns out that God's way is best, mm. and you know the seven day week is stamped into the very structure of us as humans, and even upon God's plants and animals. Mm. And so He is worthy of our worship because He created us he made us all right so we've covered three points we're going to look at our fourth and fifth and be done for today and the first again was that the sabbath is connected to the foundation of all true worship and that is that god's the creator secondly the sabbath is a memorial of salvation by grace through faith third we've just seen that the sabbath is woven into the fabric of god's creatures and fourth the sabbath is connected to god's answer to evolution mm. yeah looking back let's go back to revelation 14 7 okay. we said we would come back to this we saw that the last part of revelation 14 7 is like a copy and paste job from the end of the sabbath commandment exodus 20 verse 11 that's right there's just one little difference yeah and there that's right what's the deal what's the reason for the difference well you might have to explain it but i just know that in the commandment there's no mention of springs of water but in the first angel's message there is yeah that's right so why? What's the deal? Revelation 14, 7 ends with the springs of water, mm -hmm. whereas 
the Sabbath commandment ends with, and all that in them is, that is all that's in the earth and the sea. Um, if you look at it, that word springs of water is the Greek word pegai. And uh, it means fountains of water or springs of water. Mm -hmm. If you look at the copy of the Old Testament that's in Greek, it's called the Septuagint. That verse, that word is first found um, or is found in Genesis 7 verse 11. Okay. Yeah, 711. You can't forget it. Easy <laughs> to remember. Isn't that the um, flood account? That's right. It is. Do you want to read that verse for us okay. actually? Uh, Genesis 7 verse 11. It says, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Yeah, that's right. The fountains of the deep were broken up. There was water under the crust of the earth, not just lava, but actually there was water. And the Bible says, and so it wasn't just like the song you may have sung before, the kids' song, the rains came down and the floods came up, like the, the song oh, of Noah. Um, <laughs> no. uh, but it was actually like torrential rains pouring down. It's interesting. I actually looked at it earlier this week um, again, and it, it's literally in Hebrew, um, the Old Testament, the original language of the Old Testament. It talks about the waterfalls of the sky. Mm. Yeah, the waterfalls of the sky, incredible sheets of water, no doubt, coming down. But it was also water coming up from the crust of the earth. Mm -hmm. The fountains of the deep were broken up and water was shooting out of the ground as well. Now, why would God be pointing us back to the flood? Hmm. <laughs> Tell us, Justin. <laughs> yeah, well, when you hear the word evolution, most people tend to think of a guy named Charles Darwin. Um, that's because in, in 1859, Darwin wrote or published his, uh, his book called On the Origin of Species, which is, remains one of history's most influential, if not the most influential of scientific papers on evolutionary theory and the topic of origins. But what a lot of people don't realize is that it wasn't just 1859. In the year 1844, Darwin had his first sketch. Oh, wow. like that was published. Draft. Yeah, basically wow. it was his first sketch published in 1844. Mm. It's like God knew that at the end of time, more than ever, the idea that he is our creator was going to be under attack. Mm. The flood is actually the answer. It is the key to unlocking why the world is the way it is. Because we had a global flood. Look at the Grand Canyon. Look at the geologic column, the layers, the strata. It's all Go and Google it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't see it on radio, but yeah. Yeah, it's unlocked when you understand that there was a worldwide flood. Mm -hmm. If you want to check out an amazing documentary, highly recommend it. It's called Is Genesis History? And you can find it on YouTube for free. Um, incredibly powerful. There's also a great series called Evolution Impossible that you can find on 3abn.org.au mm -hmm. uh, by Dr. John Ashton. Um, really excellent. He's local here from Newcastle, the Newcastle area, and he was a professor at Newcastle University. He's written a book? Yeah, he's written a few books. One of them is Evolution Impossible. That's mm -hmm. his most recent one. And check this out. Uh, a number of years back, I think it was seven years ago or so, he did a series at Newcastle University on creation science, and the president of the Atheist Club on campus came with his, his Atheist Club members to heckle him. Mm -hmm. By the end of the seminar, the Atheist Club president said, whoa, this is actually true. And he became a Christian. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
atheist club president That's ended amazing. up becoming a Christian because he saw that the evidence for creation was so powerful and so yeah. clear, even scientifically. So well, if you follow where the evidence leads and you're an, a sincere seeker, an honest inquirer, that's, I guess, where you'll end up. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. So we've seen the fourth point that we've seen together is that the Sabbath is connected to God's answer to evolution. Uh, because really, uh, you know, God is our creator and it's embedded. It points us back to the flood, this, the fountains of living water, because the flood contains the answer to why the world is the way it is and how God is our creator. And if you can prove um, that the flood literally happened, really, the first 11 chapters of Genesis is the foundation of the rest of Scripture. Mm. Yeah. If it was a literal local flood, then God literally created the world. Also, on the topic of creation science, there's a really great documentary. Um, when I was a kid, I was really curious about dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, even before the original Jurassic Park came out, like, I was really <laughs> curious about dinosaurs. Then they made, like, a roller coaster that was Jurassic Park at the local theme park that I went to as a kid. But anyhow, um, what are, di like, dinosaurs, where did they come from? Did God create them? Like, what's the deal? Um, why don't we have them today, or do we... There's a really great documentary you can also find on YouTube, although the quality is lower. If you want a high-quality version, you can buy a DVD from Creation Ministries International. Mm -hmm. But um, it's called Dragons or Dinosaurs. And uh, really, it, it actually looks historically at dinosaurs. And um, yeah. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I call Justin the Resource Center. <laughs> He's got like all these books and DVDs and documentaries and things that you can always go to for more information. <laughs> well, if it's something you're interested in, it's definitely... Yeah, this is one of your passions, isn't it? You love this stuff. Yeah, creation science is so interesting, really fascinating to me, most definitely. Um, oh, let me just share one snippet from this, from this uh, documentary. So... In the book of Job, there in chapter 40, God is talking about these creatures. Mm -hmm. And he talks about behemoth that has a big tail like a cedar. His strength is in his belly. Mm -hmm. You know, he's peaceful. He eats plants. And like creation scientists have, by and large, identified this as a, um, what do you call it? Hippo? No, not a hippo. Hippos have little tails that just flap around, right? Yeah, yeah. But this tail like a cedar, it can't be a hippo. Um, so they've oh. identified it as one of these Big dinosaurs. dinosaurs that is slipping my mind at the moment what it's called. I can't help you. <laughs> the largest ones are, I think, the Argentinosaurus, but it's like uh, with a long neck and a... Oh, man, it's slip, slip, slipping Anyone my mind. I'll find it. that's coming to my mind is Theosaurus. <laughs> no. Dinosaurs. No, no. It's, um, anyway, I'll, I'll think of it later. But there's this dinosaur described, basically. But then there's another one after it called Leviathan mm -hmm. that has scales, you know, that lives in the sea. And it's got scales that are interlocked. And it's like armor. And it can't be pierced with arrows or swords or anything like this. And um, there it talks about... You know, Leviathan in chapter 41 of Job and how sparks fly out of his, his, his nose. <laughs> Basically, he breathes sparks. Now, a lot of people have thought this is just poetic. It's not literal. But there is a creature that's been found that they talk about in this documentary, Dragons or Dinosaurs, that you can find on YouTube. They talk about this, this creature. It's a prehistoric crocodile. It was like 16 meters long. It was called Sarcosuchus. It lived in Northern Africa and in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And this thing was massive. Its scales were interlocked so tightly that, you know, it was a fierce, ferocious creature. 
And interestingly enough, it has two nostrils, and then there's another hole at its snout that nobody knows what was for. And so a number of creation scientists say, well, there you go. There are beetles that put chemicals out their backside, the bombardier beetle, I think it's called, that creates, you know, when the chemicals mix, they create sparks and flame. And so why not that, uh, you know, it's very possible that this creature was literally what God was saying is what this creature did before it went extinct. Well, creation just continues to amaze us all the time, and we find more and more evidence as we look. Thank you so much, Justin. We've got still a little bit more to come on this Bible study, so don't go away. We're going to sit back and listen now to Daryl Sawyer, and he's going to bring us a song about the Sabbath. It's called The Sabbath Song. Sundown has come again It's time to rest The Lord has proclaimed this day To be the best For the world was created Within six days God rested on the seventh, and to man he said, Come unto me, and leave this world behind. I know I can help you find peace of mind. Come unto me. And I will show the way And together we will worship On this my Sabbath day Sweet Sabbath morn Dawn's bright and fresh Lift up your voice and praise On this day Live with the hope and 
long for the day when we see our Savior and we hear Him say, Come unto me and take hold of my Bees the Chaplain. Join me for Blessings with Bees, where we make faith real. If you want to know more, visit me on my landing page at beesthechaplain.com. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you soon. Peace out and God bless. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. The Breakfast Show, bits worth repeating. And then we get into verse 19 and says, I also pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ. Oh, you're running ahead. You're going into verse 20. No, but this is the point. Ah! We talked about the evidence. Here we are. We're yes. right here. You rushed it. We're right here. We're right he, at the he evidence. He spilled the beans. We're right at the evidence. Right. It comes up. He's like, hey, it. I want get you guys it. to know all of this. Because it's based on <laughs> that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Big promises require big evidence mm. for faith. Mm. And this is the foundation of Christianity right here. This is one of the reasons why Christianity spread so rapidly through the world. And this is one of the reasons why you've got an itinerant preacher who preaches for three and a half years. And then the religion that he establishes in that time frame becomes the dominant religion in the world. This was a segment from The Breakfast Show. Join in each weekday morning here on Faith FM. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Faith looks up, sorry looks back, worry looks around. Welcome back, everyone, to our Looking Up program. We have had an amazing time today. And uh, just a reminder to everybody that, look, I've been excited. You've been texting in this amazing code word, which I was <laughs> amazed that you have been able to spell septon. Uh, there's just a couple, very few copies left now of today's S-E-P-T-A-N. giveaway. S-E-P-T-A-N. That's the word. Text septon. S-E-P-T-A-N two zero four triple eight one seven six two four to be in the running for today's prize giveaway. <laughs> All right, Justin. All right. Well, we've been looking at the last part of the first angel's message that is actually a copy and paste almost identical from the Sabbath commandment. Uh, we've seen together that the Sabbath is the foundation of or connected to the foundation of all true worship and the foundation of all true worship 
Revelation 4.11 tells us that God is our creator. He made us. That's why he's worthy of our worship. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Secondly, we saw that the Sabbath is a memorial of salvation by grace through faith. It's a reminder that we're saved not by works, but by grace through faith in Christ. Third, we saw that in science, through science, we found these circa septin cycles, these seven cycles of seven yeah, that was in blue-green algae, in the human body, in various yeah. systems, in the cells and blood, you know, mm-hmm. red blood cells, all these different things. And so we saw a third of all that the Sabbath is woven into the very fabric of God's creatures. You told a really amazing story yeah. about a Sabbath-keeping spider. Um, <laughs> fourth, we just saw that the Sabbath is connected to God's answer to evolution, which is... At the end of that message, it says the fountains of living water, which points us back to Genesis 7-11, which is the flood, the beginning of the flood. And the flood, that there was a global worldwide flood, is the answer to evolutionary theory. So, fifth of all, we're seeing finally together, the last point is that the Sabbath is an eternal test or demonstration of our allegiance to and our love for God. And we're going to see three examples. One in the Bible, in history, in, in scripture. Uh, one that the Bible talks about that's future and, uh, future, you know, on through eternity. And then the last one we'll look at is at the end of time. So Exodus 16, verse 4. Sharissa, would you read that for us, please? Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Yeah, so the Bible says here that God was going to rain down manna from heaven, but they were to collect twice as much on Friday, and it wasn't going to rot. That's the one time it wouldn't rot overnight because... You know, they weren't to collect it on the Sabbath. It was a day of rest for them. So God says the Sabbath is a test to see if they will walk in his laws and in his ways. Um, Next, we see that the Sabbath is an eternal test or demonstration of our allegiance to God and our love for God. Well, how is that? Um, I was actually reading the Bible last week and I was thinking as I was, you know, preparing this topic, this study, I was thinking, ah, you know, the, the Sabbath is an eternal test of loyalty to God and demonstration of our love for God. And then I thought, no, nah, not really, just until Jesus' second coming. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. The Bible says in Isaiah 66 that we're going to be keeping the Sabbath from one Sabbath to another. It says, all flesh will come and worship before me, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. So every week as we come to worship God, it's a way of demonstrating our love for Him as our Creator and our allegiance to Him as our Creator. It's basically the universe will know, hey, no Lucifer has popped up and no rebellion is going to happen again where sin will come into the universe again because here we all are coming to worship God. And so the Sabbath will continue to be that throughout eternity. Last of all, in this section, we're just going just gonna to talk about how the Sabbath will be the final test for humanity at the end of time, the Bible tells us in Revelation 14. And um, there was a guy named Joseph Bates who was a committed uh, Christian. He believed that Jesus was coming very soon, and so he was an Adventist. Uh, that is, those who believed in the advent of Jesus leading up to 1844. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came after you know, the great disappointment of 1844, he came to the conclusion as he continued to study the Bible that the Sabbath would be the final test for humanity. 
And he came to this conclusion for two reasons. First of all, because Revelation 13 repeats the word worship over and over when it describes this build up to the mark of the beast crisis. We've talked about that a number of times. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. In fact, five times, in five verses in the chapter, um, the word worship is mentioned until finally in verse 12 of Revelation 13, uh, it says this. Verse 12, it says, And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Yeah. And um, then eventually it leads to, in verse 15, those who would not worship the image of the beast uh, being killed. So a death decree ultimately would happen. And so this is an attack on the, the second and the fourth commandment, you know, the worship of an image. And, of course, the fourth commandment being the Sabbath. And it points us back to the three Hebrews who were threatened to be thrown into the fiery furnace if they didn't bow down and worship this image that was 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide. It's fascinating that you bring that up because, you know, you highlighted that it's an attack on those commandments. But it's interesting that that image worship is mentioned, you know, worshiping an image, Revelation 13, and that commandment, as well as the Sabbath, which is connected to worship, they're the longest commandments in the Ten Commandments. That's exactly right. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like, like the God. devil is going to attack on the two points where God took the most time to explain to us his will and, and his law. Yeah. yeah, so we see, and Joseph Bates saw that uh, Revelation 13 repeats this word worship. So clearly, the crisis at the end of humanity, uh, at the end of time for humanity will be over who we will worship. And really, that's been the battle between good and evil ever since the beginning. Lucifer wanted worship for himself. The second reason is because at the end of Revelation 14, right after the third angel's message that warns people not to take the mark of the beast, um, the people of God are described, those who don't take the mark, are described as those who keep the commandments of God mm. and have the faith of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so there's this beautiful reality that... You know, God's people will say, we love God so much that out of love for Him and what He has done for us, we will obey, we will walk in His ways because we love Him, because He has saved us. We will serve Him in return, no matter the cost, no matter what happens. Amen. Now, how did Joseph Bates even learn about the Sabbath in the first place? He didn't always know about the Seventh-day Sabbath and its validity and its significance. Yeah. Yeah, Shavista, do you want to share with us oh, a bit of the story? I want to tell the first part. Okay. Well, yeah. really, um, down through time, the Sabbath was the Sabbath was kept by the New Testament church. Mm -hmm. It was kept down through the centuries, and there are pockets all over the world where there were Sabbath keepers um, who were Sabbath keeping Christians. And um, you know, we have been together to the Valley of the Waldenses in Torre Pelice yeah, yeah. in Italy, where there were the Waldenses of the 11th, 12th, and 1300s uh, who considered themselves and believed and explained that they were descendants of the New Testament church. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they kept the Sabbath all down through that time, and we're still keeping the Seventh-day Sabbath. And if you want an amazing doco, great documentary on the topic of the seventh day of the week and the Sabbath down through history and time, they'll go on YouTube and search for The Seventh Day. LLT Productions, The Seventh Day, and it's an 11-part series. They're just 25 minutes each, um, and Hal Holbrook, I think is the guy's name, who's narrating, and it's, mm -hmm. it's done in the late 90s. It's really beautiful history, so powerfully done, 
And uh, it's a Sabbath history documentary. But there were some, uh, before I hand it to you, Sharissa, <laughs> there were some Baptists in 1671 who discovered or rediscovered the truth of the Sabbath and from the Anabaptists, and they decided that they would they would keep it, and it actually put them at odds with their brethren, and they ended up forming the Seventh-day Baptist Church. That's right. Um, it's actually interesting, too. There were Moravian Sabbath keepers in Pennsylvania in the early 1700s as well. Mm. But, yeah, going back to the Seventh-day Baptists who organized themselves into a general conference in 1802 with 1,130 members, um, you know, they were upholding the Sabbath truth. And this is fascinating to me. But on the 1st of November, 1843, they had this Seventh-day Baptist conference where they set aside a day for fasting and prayer. And the purpose of this day of fasting and prayer was to pray that God would help them to be able to share this Sabbath truth with the world. How would they help people to discover this wonderful blessing that God had given? And this is where the story gets very interesting. It was about this time just after this day of prayer and fasting, that a lady named Rachel Oaks, she was thinking of moving to New Hampshire to be with her daughter. And so she goes to a meeting and there was a man who was preaching. His name was Frederick Wheeler. And uh, she goes to this meeting that Frederick Wheeler is preaching. He was preaching on the Ten Commandments. And she said to him, when you were speaking, Brother Wheeler, I could scarcely restrain myself. You said that we must observe all Ten Commandments, and yet you continually break one of them yourself. And he was quite taken aback. He said, Sister Oaks, what do you mean? She said, I mean that the Fourth Commandment says, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, but you observe the first day. You observe of the Pope's Sunday instead of the Lord's Sabbath. Well, the story doesn't tell us quite how Frederick Wheeler <laughs> responded to Rachel's uh, very direct um, you know, appeal to him, but we know that sometime in March of 1844, Frederick Wheeler made a decision that he would keep the Seventh-day Sabbath holy. Frederick Wheeler then of New Hampshire, he became the first Seventh-day Adventist minister looking forward to the return of Jesus and remembering the seventh day to keep it holy in North America. But he didn't, while he didn't go public so much at this time with his position, he began to privately share his convictions with others and another person whom he can, who he was able to share with was a man by the name of Thomas Premble. He shared with Thomas, and Thomas was also a Baptist pastor, and he became the second Sabbath-keeping Adventist minister in North America. Rachel Oaks, uh, she wasn't silent back at, at um, a, a farmhouse that belonged to the Farnsworth family. She and her daughter, they were staying there at the time, and they had much discussion with the Farnsworth mm. brothers and family on the Sabbath. And in October... After October of 1844, there was this little church in New Hampshire. They didn't lose faith, as many people did around that time, many Advent believers. But they listened more and more to what Rachel Oaks and her daughter had to share. Until finally, William Farnsworth, on one Sunday morning at his Christian Brethren Church in worship, William Farnsworth, the eldest of the Farnsworth sons, history tells us he stood to his feet and announced that he had made the decision to live by the Sabbath of the Fourth Commandment. He would keep God's Sabbath. And hardly had he sat down when his brother Cyrus also stood up and said, I want to do the same. And uh, Mrs. Oaks, Rachel Oaks, was delighted with this 
with this decision. By the way, Cyrus, the younger brother of William Farnsworth, he actually married her daughter, Delight. Mm. So there was a little love story there too. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I guess it comes to being. And then Joseph Bates comes into the picture because he read an article by Thomas Preble. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I'll That's right. And, yeah, <laughs> Joseph Bates, basically, he he um, he connected with Hiram Edson shortly thereafter, discovering the Seventh Day Sabbath. And Hiram Edson had had realized that um, that the date of October twenty two, eighteen forty four, prophecy had established that date as solid. But when the Bible says the sanctuary would be cleansed, he remembered, and he looked in Hebrews, and it talks about there being a sanctuary in heaven. And he realized that Jesus transitioned into his priestly, high priestly ministry in the most holy place of heaven sanctuary. You know what else is in the most holy place? In the Old Testament most holy place. The Ark place, of the Covenant. Yeah, and in the Ark of the Covenant. Ten Commandments. God's is law. Is God's law. The fourth commandment is God's Sabbath. Beautiful. And as the two of them talked, they prayed and they realized, wow, they're connected. The Sabbath as well as the sanctuary and what we have experienced in um, leading up to 1844. Ah, it's just such an exciting history, such an exciting story. And as you've been listening, and maybe this is all new to you, well, God is including you in this exciting story as well, discovering his wonderful truth of the Sabbath. We're going to listen now to Cardiphonia Music. They're bringing to us a song, Flee as a Bird to Your Mountain. I believe this is actually based on Psalm 11. That's right.
Epic Bible study on the Sabbath today. Thank you so much, Justin, for coming in, filling in. And um, yeah, is there any final thoughts you would like to share with our listeners in yeah. summary? Or yeah. Just before a uh, final thought, maybe just a, a recap. Can we hear you? Can you hear me? Let's test. There you, go. there you are. Okay, yeah, just a quick recap of what we've covered. First, we saw that the f- Sabbath is connected to the foundation of all true worship, which is that God is our creator. Uh, it's also a memorial of salvation by grace through faith. Third of all, we saw that it's woven into the fabric of God's creatures. We have cycles of seven in us, multiple ones in our bodies, um, our circadian rhythm, all the different cycles in our bodies, um, and in the animals and plants. We saw, fourth of all, that the Sabbath is connected in Revelation 14.7, to the flood, to God's answer to evolution. And finally, we saw that the Sabbath is an eternal test or demonstration of our allegiance to God and of our love for Him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Sharissa, if I had a piece of white cloth, unfortunately I don't have one <laughs> with me, but if I had a piece of white cloth and I just kind of dropped it on the ground here in the studio and put my foot on it, would you have a problem with that? I, I would. It would irritate me. Really? Yeah, because you put a dirty okay. shoe on a white okay, piece fa- of Okay, fair enough. But would there be anything ethically or morally wrong with me no. stepping up? What if it was an already dirty white cloth? How about that? Then I have no problem with it. Okay, there we go. <laughs> what if it was a blue cloth that I pulled out and yeah, decided you can step I would... on a blue cloth. I don't mind. <laughs> Just the white one is a problem because it would make it dirty. Clean, yeah. Yeah, if you don't know yet, Sharissa is a germaphobe. I call <laughs> germaphobe. I call her the queen of clean because that is how she Yeah, I got her a little table vacuum for like yeah, Big it's a, mistake. It's a vacuum crumbs, <laughs> you know, the crumbs on the table from bread from brekkie or something and so Keeps me busy. Anyways, so you would have no problem with me stepping on a dirty white cloth or stepping on a blue cloth. How about a red cloth? You can do what you like with that too. Okay. But what about if I took the blue, the red, and the white and I wove them into a flag, Mm. Australian flag or an American flag? Let's say the Australian flag. We're in Australia. That makes the most sense. Red, white, and blue. If I wove those fabrics into those pieces of cloth into a flag, would you then have a problem with me stepping on the Australian flag? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't dare do it. Mm -hmm. Why? What's the difference? Because it stands for the country of Australia. That's right. It represents our nation. It represents Australia. And it represents the ideals that Australia has been founded on. 
And really, God's flag, the flag, as it were, that represents his kingdom that he's given us is his Sabbath. Mm. And we have a choice. You know, we can either treat it like any other day, just like, you know, I might treat a flag like it's like any other piece of cloth, or we can not trample it underfoot. We can recognize the value of it and that it represents God's kingdom and that it is the symbol of his kingdom. In John 14, verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And another translation is that's accurate is, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's love for God that leads us to respect the symbol of his kingdom of the kingdom of heaven. And you know, you may have heard of the Sabbath today for the first time. You may have been listening for a while and have heard of the Sabbath before. God is God is calling you to say, Lord, I love you and I want to embrace this beautiful gift that you have given me and demonstrate my love for you by walking in your ways in this way. We heard a beautiful testimony from Janice earlier who heard Jocelyn. about the Sabbath. Jocelyn, thank you. Jocelyn, who heard about the Sabbath on Faith FM here and uh, has decided after study and prayer to embrace it and make it a part of her life. Amen. Maybe you can say a very quick prayer for our, our listeners. Yes. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the gift of the Sabbath. We thank you for this symbol of your kingdom. Just like our flags represent our nations in this world, we thank you for this symbol of your kingdom and that we can be um, citizens of your kingdom here below. We thank you for the gift that the Sabbath is, the reminder that it is that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ. We want to pray for all of our listeners, Lord, and we ask that you would journey with them through the rest of their week. And for those who may have heard these truths for the first time, bless them as they consider, as they pray about it, and may they discover in this reality a deeper walk with you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Justin, for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's live broadcast, and we look forward to having you join us this time next week. But uh, as always, as we leave, we just remind you, remember fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up, so keep looking up, and God bless you. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me